Welcome to Tilt Talks. My name is Adam Roberts, and I'm the producing artistic director of Tilt Performance Group, a theater company I co-founded in 2013 with a mission to shatter disability stereotypes through inclusive theater. Throughout the upcoming seasons of this podcast, I'll be chatting with company members, staff, volunteers, and community partners about their stories and what Tilt means to them. This is Tilt Talks, shattering disability stereotypes one episode at a time. Well, I am thrilled to be here with Kristen Gooch, longtime Tilt member at our very first ever Tilt Talk. So we're excited to be kicking off this podcast for Tilt together. And Kristen can confirm I have not sent her any questions or scripts or anything like that. We're just going to have a conversation that is super authentic and in the moment. Right, Kristen? That's right. Well, Kristen, you have been with Tilt since our second production. So like seven years ago, right? How did you come to um, get to know Tilt and become involved with Tilt as a company member? Well, um, I was friends, or still am friends, with an actor who was in the very first Tilt production ever. I think it was 45 Degrees. That's right. Um, that was with Amy Litzinger. And um, my involvement in the disabled community was usually through sports. And something happened, and that was kind of put on hold for a while. So I was trying to find another sense of community. And my friend Amy and her mom knew that I had done some theater and choir in high school, and they were like, you know, Amy's just joined this group. Why don't you come check it? Join us. I was like, I don't know. Those days are over. Because at this, at that point, it had been over a decade since I'd done any theater. And so, but I agreed to at least go to one show just to see it and to support Amy. And I came and I noticed that it was really positive. It wasn't too over the top about negative statements about disability or anything like that. So I was like, okay, I'll try one production with them. Well, that was hmm, almost 15 productions ago and I'm still here. And we could not be more grateful that you are. It's It's been a journey, hasn't it? <laughs> it really has. And the first production that you did with us, I think, was Free to Be You and Me. Is that right? That's right. It was. Can you talk a little bit about what that experience was like? Did you come in to, you know, you had seen 45 Degrees, as you just mentioned, which was mm -hmm. our very first ever production. Can you talk a little bit about what the experience was like coming into your first tilt rehearsal? I don't I don't really remember my first rehearsal ever, but I of course I was nervous because I was doing something that I hadn't done in over a decade. I wasn't even sure like do I still got it? Um and 
Although I knew Amy from the very first production, she hasn't been in another one since then. So I came into hotel rehearsal not really knowing anybody. I had met I had met you before. I had met Gail before, Gail Darrapple. Um everybody seemed nice, of course, but I you know, it seems like most of the actors knew each other from either the previous production or they actually went to school at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Mm-hmm. I was volunteering there at the time. It's before I was a staff member, but I was never a student there. I, um, so, yeah, it was hard at first in that sense. But in a way, that was one of the best things that ever happened to me is going into a place where I really didn't know anyone. Because if you give them a chance, if you open up to them and, you know, really spend time, get to know them and they get to know you. And over time, I have formed a community uh, with Tilt. I've met um some of my best friends through Tilt. So, and of course, I get to work with you, and that's amazing. And um, well, the feeling is mutual, believe me. <laughs> yeah. So you and I have become friends over the years. That's right. Mutual admiration society, right? Yes. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, so, Kristen, a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast. Um, Particularly, perhaps we can introduce this this uh, concept or term uh, at the beginning here, since this is our first ever episode, uh, may not be aware of the um, sort of idea of visible disability and invisible disability, right? Um, and Kristen, you have what we would probably classify as a visible disability. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? I have cerebral palsy. Um, I'm not ashamed of it, but there are a lot of misconceptions I feel behind it. It basically it's damage to the cerebral cortex of the brain, and it affects everyone differently. For me, it affects my ability to straighten my legs out all the way, extend my legs to be able to stand or to walk. And it also affects my right arm. Doesn't extend out all the way, better than my legs, but not completely. And my right hand's very much affected because of that. But like I said, that's just how it affects me, not everyone else. Um, I also, if I want to sound really scientific here, please, I have that comes along with my cerebral palsy is I have. Spasticity, which is stiff. Well, in layman's terms, it's stiffness. But what it really is, is upper motor neuron damage. So occasionally I get spasms and sometimes they hurt. Sometimes they're just annoying. And I sometimes my legs will just start jumping around for no reason. And yes, I take medication for it. But... You know, that doesn't completely stop it from happening. 
Um, I try not to let it get me down. Um, I try to keep going. Some some days I have to rest because of that. Sure. Um, I have. I don't know if I should say this, but I have gone out and performed after having a bunch of spasms. Wow. Well, the show must go on, right? (laughs) Yes. And I don't know if you were aware of that, Adam. Scotty very much was. I was not aware. Was this during a tilt performance? Yes, it happened during Smoke and Mirrors one night. No way. Mm Mm-hmm. What was that? I mean, what was that like? I was starting to have a panic attack. Oh, my gosh. Because nothing was working. I had, like, taken medication. I had a heating pad over in the corner, and I'm like sitting on it. And Toby's, you know, one of my best friends, bless his heart, he's telling me all these things that I should do. And I was like, Toby, that's not working. (laughs) And um, we finally agreed to take my shoes off, Uh and Scotty agreed that I was just going to put them on at the very last second. And I got out there, and I performed, and I was, maybe it was the adrenaline, was able to stop them just long enough for me to get on the stage, do my performance. And an hour later, I kid you not, they came right back. No way. Yes. Well, one of the things that I think, Kristen, that that story illustrates to me is one of the things that I think is really special about Tilt is that we do um, certainly um, have an atmosphere of accommodation, I would say. And what I mean by that is I, I hope that we have created an, a circumstance and an atmosphere and a feeling in Tilt that obviously health and safety comes first. So let's say that, you know, someone was in a moment where they weren't able to go out on stage and perform sure. even during a performance I think that we have created an environment where people know that we teamwork together and make that happen, just like any other theater company. But also, I think what you just said furthers that and says that if the actor feels, uh, you know, like they are able to go out just like any other theater company onto stage and perform that night, despite what might be going on then they can do that too. And it it just goes back to showing to me how in most ways Tilt is not unlike any other theater company, even though we might be initially thought of to be, we're really not. It's, it is the show, the show must go on if it can go on, I would say, right? That's just absolutely incredible. And I would also add that when you mentioned Scotty, we're talking about Scott Ferguson, who was, yeah, who was with us at uh, Tilt for um, several years before he uh, moved to Dallas. And he still does a lot of graphic design work with us, thankfully. Um, but, uh, but Scotty was, uh, very much involved as a stage manager and maybe even assistant director on Smoke and Mirrors. I'm not, I, I don't remember for sure. Yeah, he, um, Scotty was like the go-to person for years. Um, Yes. And I didn't know that story at all until just now, Kristen. So I've learned that as well. (laughs) Now you were talking a minute ago about, uh, upper motor neuron, uh, uh, issues and also, um, issues with spasticity. And you said that you were going to get kind of scientific with that, um, 
And I would like to talk a little bit about, you are also a licensed speech language pathology assistant, right? I have been, yes. I don't really practice that anymore per se. Okay. But um, yeah, I've went to college for that. Um, That was not easy. I would imagine not. (laughs) No. (laughs) And I learned that term when I was in college taking neurology. So. Got it. Well, that's what I thought maybe, you know, could was a connection there. And so you're really coming from the standpoint of a therapist and a performer, both intertwined together. Yes. And a member of the disabled community all in one. All in one. Do you think that that background um, influences your work at Tilt? To an extent, yes. Um, It affects the way that um, I interact with other members. Um, I try to be patient. I try to put things into perspective of to see like where they're coming from just empathy wise and modify my interactions because of that um however i do believe that growing up a member of the disabled community i'm very passionate about inclusion Mm -hmm. and to be devil's advocate I know that growing up, and I'm older, a lot of times poor behavior licenses someone with a disability. I'm not going to say a specific diagnosis or anything, but if that person has behavioral issues, sometimes that can justify not including them in activities. So I'm very, I will be the first to say if someone does some, does or says something they shouldn't, I'm not talking about just pacing around or something that can't be controlled. I'm talking about violating someone's boundaries or, you know, just saying something that others might perceive as rude. And if they blame it on their disability, I'll be the first to say, hey, not an excuse. Mm-hmm. Now, that might come across as mean or abrasive or too critical. But that, to me, that's my tough love. Because I don't want that person to get excluded from further things in life. So if you just exclude it. Except that kind of behavior, you're not doing that person any favors. But that's my opinion. And I think that so exemplifies, Kristen, that Tilt is truly a community beyond, um, you know, I have a contract, I show up, I do my job. I leave, right? Um, that is not, um, what, what tilt is about. We do tilt does have agreements and tilt does pay actors and the people who work with us. Mm-hmm. But I think that one of the things I love most about tilt is seeing that the backgrounds of every person 
uh, th- that are part of the company, how the backgrounds influence in some way. And that background could be educational. It could be social. It could be um, a, a variety of different things. But the way that those interact within the company, you know, we have several therapists of different sorts. We have a minister in the company. We have um, people who work in uh, the public sector in the company. We have people who come from such a variety of backgrounds. And I think that uh, the way that those people use their backgrounds intentionally to intersect and contribute to Tilt is just so amazing. And that's one of my favorite things to experience in a Tilt rehearsal or in a devising session or in a production. Actually, I think we have two ministers, but... Um... Oh, yeah. I think you're absolutely right, actually. And I think that that's, again, that just goes to show that the ways in which people come together and do that is is such an incredible thing, truly. Um, I want to ask you a question about our mission. So... Sure. Tilt's mission has sort of, the wording of our mission has changed over time. We started with, you know, quite a lengthy mission that had a lot of what in it, what we do and and the and what we're going to do. And just very recently, we have honed in on wording that is um, perhaps a little more why focused with our mission, right? And our mission for Tilt now is to shatter disability stereotypes through inclusive theater. And I would love to know, Kristen, how you how you experience that or how you think that aligns with the work we do at Tilt to shatter stereotypes, to shatter disability stereotypes through inclusive theater. Do you think that's what we do at Tilt? We do, but we do more mm-hmm. than that. So... You know, yes, we're a cast of adults with all different types of disabilities. And we perform, and that's great. That's visibility. Um, that's a chance for teachers and other members of the theater community to maybe go to a production, get to see us perform. And it kind of changes their minds about disability and maybe at the end of the day realizing like, hey, talent is talent. Or hey, maybe if we have like a middle school teacher in the audience, oh, I can include that kid with a disability in this production. And maybe I hope to that they would reach out to you at least, if not the company in general. And, you know, we could give them some ideas. Um, But with this pandemic that has turned the world upside down, we've also created education. So we've gone a step further, and now we get to have these tilt-you classes. And we get to actually have a class on improv and what how exactly does that work besides you know occasionally prior to this we would incorporate some improv in rehearsals 
too, don't get me wrong, but this time we go a little bit further into that. Then we started learning dramaturgy. That was a term that I heard you use uh-huh. like around five years ago when we did As Butterflies. Sure. Um, but I never really knew what that was up until a few months ago. And we started, you know, learning about all the different uh, theater history, basically. And we've incorporated some psychology in it and um, uh, educating our, well, at least I got to educate myself recently on the Stonewall Uprising Mm -hmm. because I've heard that term before, but I never really understood it until we had a call to um, investigate, to educate someone else on it. So I got to research that. And um, I'm also hoping that that we go further into ADA history too. Absolutely. But um, that's been amazing. Um, We've learned very, very recently um, we have a silver from via, not VSA, Arts Fork, um, who's teaching a movement class. I never really did any kind of like body shift or anything like that. I heard of it, but I just wasn't sure. I got to try that class for the first time a few weeks ago and I like instantly loved it. I found it so relaxing, um, not stressful. Um, Silva's got, I've never met her in person, but even over Zoom, she has just a very calming presence and very open-minded and not that, um, not that you are, of course you are, but I've just never worked with, I've never worked with her before. So, um, that's been, you know, a good experience as well. And, oh, well, we have James Burnside, of course, our board member and local playwright. And he's working with us on how to write plays which I'm not the best at in full disclosure, but (laughs) he's actually written me last year. He wrote me a one woman show for me to do for from Terra Fest. And that was amazing, but that was by far the scariest thing I've ever done in my career yet. (laughs) Um, But I wouldn't have gotten that opportunity if it wasn't for Tilt, because he saw me in Tilt Productions and he believed in me. He wrote a one-woman piece for me and a one-man piece for Tilt, and each of us performed at ours at Frontier of Us last year, which was unbelievable. And isn't that the best um, feeling to know that someone has the the faith in in you as a person and in you as an artist to create a piece just for you? Yeah. It's I, terrifying probably too. I don't know. I've never had that experience, but. 
Yeah. It, and, and you had told me um, at that time, it was six years earlier, oh, you're going to go to Frontera Fest and you're going to do this one-woman show. I would have laughed. I would have thought like, y'all were crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you, but you did it, and it was incredible. Oh, well, I don't know that it was incredible, but I did it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I want to go back um, to ask you a little bit about, you know, we talked about that dramaturgy class. So for those who are listening who may not be familiar, dramaturgy can take on so many different meanings. But in in the way that we're using it at Tilt, we're really talking about um, theories of the theater, theories of performance, because we're gearing up for our June production, Loudly Proudly, which is going to be all about intersectionality. Um, we're talking about theories of intersectionality and gender and sexuality. Um, and then how do we use that information in that research in such a way as to inform the production team and also to educate and in some ways also engage and entertain the audience outside of the performance in a way through something like a lobby display through something like social media posts that give a deeper context to what's happening. So every week on Wednesdays, we have our dramaturgy seminar. And one of the things I want to bring up, Kristen, is that early on in the pandemic, we were studying various theaters of. So theater of the oppressed, theater of uh, the absurd theater of et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Kristen, you came up with the concept of theater of circumstance, which I then later took and uh, created an article for American Theater Magazine that Tilt then was featured in about the idea of how do we pivot in this, um, in this pandemic and post-pandemic. And you, Kristen, said... I really think that we are looking at a theater of circumstance. Can you talk a little more about your views on that? Right. Um, what I meant by a theater of circumstance is because we're not allowed to do theater in person. It's not, you know, it's technically it's not safe. A lot of our members have compromised immune systems, um, and we still want to perform. We still want to have our community. We still want to get our message across. And as a result, we've had to use Zoom. It can be a bit much at times, but we're making it work, and... You know, I think that it's not, well, that's not just the case for us. Broadway can't even perform right now. Right. So we have to, if we're going to stick with our mission statement and we don't want people to forget about us and to know what we stand for, this is what we need to do. And this is literally our circumstance we can't be in, together in person we can't be with our audience in person which yes of course i miss that of course i can't 
wait for us to finally be together again. Of course. Um, we're doing what we need to do. And that's, maybe I could have called it theater book doing what we need to do, but theater circumstance just sounds so much more sophisticated. <laughs> it rolls off the tongue, right? Yes. That's right. And I, Kristen, I just, I, you know, when I knew I was going to be writing that piece for American theater, I, you know, I was thinking, thinking, thinking what sort of the core thesis of that piece would be. And then it came to me. I thought Kristen already created the core idea for this theater of circumstance. And I just, I, it was, it was a beautiful idea to me and thought because there's a reality to it. You know, it's not, it's not completely, um, utopian, right? Like a lot of no. theaters of are. And in fact, it's, it's about the reality in which we find ourselves. Mm-hmm. So Kristen, one of the things that I think is, um, really important to us at Tilt is to, um, center the voices of our company members. And I would love to thus at the end of every episode, give the last word to the company member who is being interviewed. So Kristen, what is your last word? I hope that someday to all of you, if you haven't already, please watch a tilt production on Zoom. Rather, it's us unlocking the bolt and showing some of our past shows, or if it's a brand new production. We love an audience, even if we can't see you, and, um, you know, see what we have to offer. Because talent is talent, disability doesn't matter. Kristen, it has been such a pleasure to talk with you today, as our conversations always are. And I just could not be more grateful that you have been such an important and and critical part of Tilt's development since its beginnings. Um, truly, you know, since since for all intents and purposes, the beginning of Tilt, you have been such an integral part of shaping um, what this company has become and continues to become. And I just couldn't thank you more for your role in that. Thank you. Absolutely. And we will see you on episode two. Congratulations, Kristen. We did it. Um, We'll see. I know, right? (laughs) We'll see you all back here on episode two of Tilt Talks. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Tilt Talks and special thanks to Riley Wesson for editing today's installment. Catch you next time.